Well, let me say good morning. Uh, glad that we can be together again this morning. Today, I want us to look together uh, into, the, into Psalm 145. Um, and not surprising for a psalm, Psalm 145 is very much about praise. Psalm 145 calls us to praise God, to praise Him especially for His greatness and how that greatness is expressed in his goodness, his, his generosity, his grace, just how his greatness is expressed in his character and the deeds that flow out of uh, that character. So, so praise for God, it seems straightforward enough, but I want us to notice three things about this praise. Three things. Number one, there is more to this praise for God than what we might normally think of. Okay, when we think of praising God, we normally think of, probably, singing. And that's good. That should be a part of our thinking when it comes to praise. We think of singing, and we probably most often think about singing right here in uh, a, a gathering like this on Sunday mornings. But Psalm 145 points us to, to something more. There's something more to our praise than that, and I want us to see that today. And then number two, also, I want us to notice what... I would call uh, an upward, inward, and outward expression of this praise. Okay, so um, our praise to God is expressed upward, inward, and outward. And I'll get at what I mean by that. And then number three, finally, I want us to notice um, that, that where we sit here, right on the edge of this Minnesota summer, uh, Minnesota summers give us opportunities to praise God in ways that we maybe don't normally have in other parts of the year. So I want us to uh, notice that this morning, and I want to encourage us to take advantage of that. So you maybe have heard the expression, you know, set sail while the wind is blowing. Well, uh, Minnesota summers kind of uh, gets the wind going, and it puts the wind at our back, and I want to encourage us to hoist those sails, let the wind catch it, and, and uh, praise God this summer in ways that you might not normally be able to do in colder months. All right, so um, if you've got your Bibles with you, you can open up to Psalm 145. Um, the words will be on the screen behind me as well, but if you can follow along in your Bible, that's always um, helpful. So let's pray, and then we'll read, and then we'll get into these things. So Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall commend your words to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and His mercy is over all that He has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and, 
You give them their food in due season. You open your hand. You satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and kind in all His works. The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear Him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord preserves all who love Him, but all the wicked He will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and let all flesh bless His holy name forever. Amen. Amen. So King David, uh, David, he's likely the one who uh, wrote this psalm. And we don't really know the precise circumstances under which he would have written it. But whatever the case, clearly I think we can see that David is just overwhelmed by the greatness of God here. And he, and he, he reflects on God's character and on the great work of God. And he just can't help bursting out in praise. And he, and he calls his readers to do the same. He's calling you and me today to the same. God is great. And so he is to be greatly praised. In other words, he is to be praised with passion. He is to be praised with vigor and with energy and with deep emotion. God is to be praised from the, from the depth of our guts. He is to be praised. Um, this, this, uh, uh, this reflects God's greatness. He's to be in, 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 uh, praised with energy and with enthusiasm and with humility and with depth with a deep sense of wonder. I, I think that's a bit of what's meant here by praising God greatly. Um, our praise is great also in the sense that it is constant. Uh, our praise is to be very regular, very ongoing. Um, every day, David says, I will bless you. Every day. So not just on Sundays, but every day, I will bless you. God is great. He's greatly to be praised. And as I mentioned briefly earlier, this psalm uh, really is praising God and calling us to praise God specifically for how his greatness is expressed in his goodness, in his generosity, in his grace, in his mercy, um, in his love, and so on. It's praising him for these things. God is, is praised because he saves people, because he preserves them, because he, he provides what they need. He, he satisfies them and more. You can see those kinds of things in uh, verses 14 down to 20. And it's those acts of goodness and generosity that are what make God so great. This, this is why God is so great, and this is why he's so uh, worth praising greatly. Um, so y- you think of uh, uh, some acts of terrorism in our day. All right, unfortunately, we we hear of these things in the news. And the terrorists have been heard to say, to proclaim, God is great. Well, not really. Not in the way that they think about his greatness. But in fact, God is great. They're saying the right thing. God is great. But he really is, he really is great. And Psalm 145 calls us to praise God for that greatness but we get a taste of what truly is great about God. It's that he's objectively good. It's that God is gracious. It's that God is merciful. He's loving. He's patient and, and so much more. And he, he acts out of the heart of that character. And that's what's so great about him. That's what makes him worthy of us to praise him greatly with passion, with energy, with vigor, with humility, with, with depth. 
um, and wonder. Um, now, about this praise, again, three things that I want to mention about this praise that I want us to notice here. Okay, so number one, first of all, just notice that this praise for God is more than mere singing. Um, uh, it is singing for sure, but it's more than that. And it's certainly more than mere singing on a Sunday morning as we're gathered like we are here today. Okay, so um, don't get me wrong, of course. I, again, I don't mean that it doesn't have anything to do with singing. We should sing our praise to God, no doubt. Um, uh, in fact, we see singing explicitly mentioned here in verse 7. Verse 7 says that they shall sing aloud of your righteousness. So sing, there it is. Um, and the, psalm, uh, the psalms in themselves are songs. So, of course, let's think of singing when we think about praise. Um, and I just want us to notice that there's more to it than mere singing. Um, so, in the case of Psalm 145, uh, I think he, David actually shows us many other ways that we can express our praise. So, if you look at Psalm, uh, I'm sorry, verses 4 to 12 again, um, with me. That'll come up on the screen here, I believe. Verses 4 to 12. Yes? No? It's not coming? Psalm 145. Can you go to verses 4 to 12? It's not there. Okay, I'm sorry. I was going to have you uh, read with me, but we'll, we'll scrap that. But yeah, actually, if you've got your Bible with you, no, it's not going to work. Um, I just decided to do this, so it's, just, it's not going to work because it's not on the screen. Because I had words underlined and I was going to have you read them with me. But that's okay. Just listen to, Psalm, uh, to verses 4 through 12. And if you do have your Bible, you can, um, uh, re- uh, you can see it there in front of you. So verse 4 through, uh, through 12. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works I will meditate. They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. They shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness, and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. So what I wanted you to notice there is all these these words, commend, declare, meditate, speak, pour forth, give thanks, bless, tell. Uh, Or back up in verses 1 and 2, bless, extol. Um, In the very last verse, verse 21, my mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. So just catch those words there. Notice all those words that, that have to do with speaking in some way. So certainly we ought to sing our praise. And notice here especially talking, telling, speaking up in, in other ways. Singing is one way um, that we express our praise. And uh, Psalm 145 here is showing us these many other ways as well. And, and they all have to do with opening up our mouths and speaking about God in some way. And, and again, sometimes that speaking takes the form of a song. Uh, instruments are added, a tune is carried, and you've got a song. But at the heart of it, it's speaking about God, about his character and how he acts out of his character. It's, it's talking about who God is. So he's loving, he's merciful, he's gracious, who he is, and what he's done, his mighty deeds, his wondrous works, and so on. 
Um, and uh, this is praising God when we talk about him in these ways. So um, a few of the words here, we extol God. In other words, we, we speak about how great he is. Um, extol means to essentially lift up. We lift up God with our words. Or we bless him in this co- context, basically meaning that we just speak really well about God. Um, we commend him. In other words, we're, we're basically, again, speaking very highly about God, and we're sort of calling people to consider, like, look at who God is, consider him. Um, I want to commend him to you. Consider following him, we might say. Or we declare things about God. So we, we recount the things that God does. We sort of lay them out on the table, so to speak, and we kind of take tally, and we realize, wow, it's beyond number. This is amazing. This is incredible, all the things that God has done. So commending God, declaring God, um, and, and other words here as well. All these different words essentially boiling down to talking about God, about his character, about his conduct. Even with the idea of meditating, I will meditate, uh, the psalm says. That also has to do with speaking. We might not initially think like that, but it does. In the case of meditating, um, meditating in the, in the biblical sense really is essentially an internal conversation that we have. It's talking like with ourselves about God and about who he is and, and about what he says to us, especially in the Bible. So biblical meditation is, is not like we might think of um, uh, maybe like an Eastern uh, mystic kind of meditation where the goal is like to empty yourself or to empty your mind. Biblical meditation is like fill your mind, fill your mind and have a conversation about God and about what he said, especially in the Bible. So it, it, it has to do, again, with talking, even something like meditating. And again, that's, that's what it is, essentially, to praise God, to talk about him. Um, more than just singing on a Sunday morning, um, it's, it is that, but it's more robust than that as well. Right, so that's the first thing that I want us to notice about this praise. Secondly, upward, inward, outward. If praising God has to do with talking uh, about him, then um, to whom do we speak? If we're going to talk about him, who are we going to speak to about him? And, and when we think about that, probably we first think about God. We want to talk directly to God about him, speaking to God about God. And that would be good. That'd be true. That would be right. That's a part of it. Um, but there is something more here that we see in Psalm 145, I think. Um, so there, there is this, what I'm calling this upward, inward, and outward sort of um, aspect to our praise. And what I mean by those things um, is that we talk about God upward. In other words, directly to God. We talk to God about God. We talk to God directly about his greatness. So if you, you think about... Um, you might talk to your spouse, you might talk to a friend, uh, to someone else. You might talk to them about how much you enjoy them. You might talk to them about um, how, how, um, uh, how, how, how you've seen goodness in them. Uh, you might talk to your children and, and talk to them about um, the way they make you feel. You might talk to them about how you've seen goodness in them in the last week or, or whatever that might look like. Um, to praise to God upward directly is sort of like that. We're just talking to God about how much we enjoy him and, and what we think of him and, and so on. Um, so we talk to him directly. And we see a couple examples of that in verse 13, for example. 
Verse 13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Or verse 16, You open your hand, and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. So it's this talking directly to God about who He is and about what He's done. That's upward praise. Uh, But also there's this inward expression of praise. And by that, I think we have an example in uh, verses 4 to 5. An example of what I mean by that, verse 4 and 5, One generation shall commend your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. So this upward-directed praise to God directly, but also this inward-directed praise. In other words, inward personally. Um, Um, to ourselves. You see that in verse 5. I will meditate on these things. I will speak to myself directly with myself about God. And then also inward meeting inside the family. And you see that in verse 4. One generation shall declare your your works to another generation. So this this talking about God to your family, especially to your kids, one generation to another. And I think in principle here we could add in the church family to that. So inward directed praise. This is expressed as we're talking about God to our kids, to our family, to one another in, in the church. Um, uh, and, and again, especially within our families. So when we talk to one another about him, when we tell our kids about him, when we talk about his goodness and his grace and his mercy and his patience and his righteousness and on and on, Um, When we're doing those things, that is an act of praise. And this is, that that conversation praises God. And um, you've maybe heard us every once in a while use the the term God talk. It's kind of what we mean by that. God, God talk. God talk between one another in the church and then also especially with, excuse me, within our families. So upward directed praise, inward directed praise, and outward directed praise. And what I mean by that is talking about God outward to those who are outside the family of God, non-Christians. Um, and, uh, and we see a pointer to that in verses 11 and 12. Verse, verse 11 and 12 again says that they shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. So telling of God's power, making him known to the children of man. That's a, that's a reference to the nations. It's, it's a reference to the peoples that are not God's people. Okay, so it's mission. It's, it's evangelism. It's what Tim and Maria are doing. Um, it's what you do over the back fence with your neighbor. Our acts of evangelism, our missional efforts, again, whether it's overseas or whether it's over the back fence, those efforts are in themselves an act of praise to God. God is praised as we talk about him and as we make him known to um, our neighbors and to the nations. Um, Just yesterday, um, I was very pleased to and encouraged uh, as I was together with my life group, and we were making an effort um, toward the people in our mission focus. And just among us, I mean, if you were a fly on the wall, it was really great to hear. There were multiple conversations going on with multiple people. And uh, and we just had opportunity to uh, talk about God. We had opportunity to make God known as we were gathered um, with with this people. Um, uh, Very 
explicit opportunities to share about who he is and what he's done and, and, and what he is like. And those conversations are an expression of praise to God. Yes, their mission, their evangelism, but another category to think of them as is praise. I'm praising God uh, when I have those conversations. And uh, I just want us to notice that this morning. Just be aware of it. These different expressions of praise. I don't want us to think compartmentalized to praise is about Sunday morning singing only. So trying to get at the, the nature of praise, really. What is it? How do we do that? And again, hopefully you're hearing that praise for God is not compartmentalized. It doesn't just happen on Sundays, but it has to do with conversations literally every day. Our conversations literally every day can be praise for God. So any opportunity to talk to God directly, this upward praise, to inward, talk to ourselves about God, talk to our kids about God, talk to one another in the church about God, this is praise. Or outward, as we have opportunity to talk to non-Christians about God, that is praise to God. It will praise God when we have those conversations, upward, inward, or outward. Okay, that's the second thing that I just want us to notice today about this praise. And then finally, um, Minnesota Summers. Just, just notice, just take note, be aware, uh, be encouraged. Minnesota Summers give us opportunity to praise God in ways that um, we just might not otherwise have in the colder months of the year. So it, what I mean by that is if you're thinking, again, basically, to praise God has to do with talking about God, talking about his character, what he's done, what he's doing. Well, Minnesota Summer um, just tends to make room for many more conversations. You have more conversations in June than you do in February, typically, uh, probably, in, in, uh, in Minnesota. So, um, uh, so bear that in mind. Um, we, 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 I think we get this, you know, uh, being, if you're from Minnesota, definitely. But as you, if you've lived here a few years, you get this. Minnesota, nice weather, uh, days are longer. We're outside more. We see our neighbors more. We make more plans to see each other. Um, when we do gather with people, oftentimes we gather outside. So oftentimes there are more people there. Therefore, there's more opportunity to have more uh, conversations, more people with whom we can chat. And, and just the time in summer. It seems like it's the time for graduation parties and, and weddings and city festivals and parades and, and the holidays. You have July 4th in the middle. You have Memorial Day and Labor Day kind of sandwiching our Minnesota uh, summers, and just uh, vacations. We tend to go on vacations with our families, so we have more concentrated time with our families, so more opportunity for conversations with our family. And, and in the church, we have things like fellowship meals, uh, uh, picnics, first one being today, uh, by the way, after, after the service. Life groups are outside more. They're more visible to their, to their neighborhoods. So just all in all, you get, you get my drift here. Lots more opportunities to be engaging in conversations. Um, lots more opportunities to talk. Um, and that means more opportunity to praise God um, as we have that opportunity to speak. Um, and as we think about that, you might wonder, well, what do I say? Um, if, if, if praise comes out in the things I'm talking about with regard to God, um, what do I say? And I think we have some examples here in Psalm 145. Um, again, in verses 14 to 20 especially, just the spirit, I won't read through those, but the spirit of those verses um, you can pick up on it. What do you say to your kids? What do you say to one another in the church family? What do you say to your neighbor? Well, again, from those verses, verses 14 to 20, think about, you can talk about how God has held you up when you have fallen. 
You can talk about how he's provided for you. You can talk about the ways in which he has satisfied you. You can talk about how you feel that God has been kind to you. You can talk about how you've experienced his nearness. You can talk about how God has helped you through fearful and anxious times. You can talk about how you've cried out to God and he has saved you. Um, when we talk about God like that, it praises him. It commends his goodness and his generosity and his power and so on. So, so do think about that. Think about how you have experienced God's goodness or his patience, or his generosity, and talk about that. Talk about it with one another in the church. Talk about it in your life groups. Talk about it with your kids. Talk about it with your neighbors. Talk about it with coworkers. Talk about it with people who are in the family of God and outside the family of God. And then especially what to talk about. Especially, there's verse 8. Verse 8 again. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger, and he's abounding in steadfast love. That's who God is at his very core. This is who God is at his very core. Uh, verse 8 sort of reaches back to uh, a famous Exodus 34 passage where God reveals himself to Moses. And, um, and, and when God does that, this is what he says about himself. God talks about himself, and this is what he says. In a way, God praises himself. Um, uh, God, God, so God wanted Moses to uh, uh, break off these tablets and, and, and God would write on the tablets himself the Ten Commandments. And in that process, God proclaims. God opens up his mouth and he proclaims his name. That is, he proclaimed his character. He proclaimed who he is at his very core. What is his character? Who he really is? Out of what heart he acts? And uh, again, verse 8 sort of points us back to that, that nutshell sum up of God's heart. Namely, that he's gracious, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, he's abounding in steadfast love. So think on that. Um, think about how God has been gracious to you. Think about how he has been merciful uh, to you. Think about how he's been slow to anger with you. Think about how he's abounded in his steadfast love towards you. And talk about them. Talk about that. Again, that's part of what we mean by this idea of God talk. We're commending God's grace and mercy and love to one another and to our kids and to non-believers. Um, I actually had a chance to do this a few days ago. Um, and this is just an example of, uh, of, of what Minnesota summers provide. Again, I just want us to, to, to take note of it. Um, so I got home a few nights ago uh, at 8.30 or so, um, and it's summer, so it was still light outside, and it was a beautiful evening. Uh, temperature was just great. Um, I came in. My wife had already put the kids to bed, for which I'm very thankful, and, uh, and she was doing some things, and so I decided to uh, take a walk around the neighborhood. And it's, it's a Minnesota summer, so I can do that. Um, uh, if it was February, I would not have made the decision to take a walk around the neighborhood at 8.30 at night. And even if I had, I would not have seen anybody in my neighborhood, I'm pretty sure. First of all, it would have been dark, so I couldn't see anything anyway. But if there was somebody outside, I wouldn't have seen them. But it's not February. It's Minnesota in the summer. So I did go for a walk, and uh, I did see people outside. And I had a chance to engage with one of my neighbors and... Uh, He's just a really friendly guy. We engaged in some good, friendly conversation, asked one another questions. I learned some things about him. He learned some things about me. 
But all I'm trying to say is that in the course of that conversation, I was able to share about Jesus. I was able to share uh, about how we come into the family of God. I was able to share about how we are secured in the family of God, that there's nothing we can do to work our way to get into the family of God. There's nothing we can do to fail our way out of the family of God. Um, I was able to share these things. I was able to share some other things. Um, and, uh, and that conversation was an act of praise. It's one way to categorize that conversation. And again, it's, it's a Minnesota summer. So that gives a special opportunity to do things like that. I'm quite confident that that conversation would not have taken place if it was February, um, at least not in that particular way. So, so getting up, getting outside, and being willing to engage with the people that we see. And again, um, we, we praise God by commending his grace and his mercy and more. And there is simply no greater expression of God's grace and his mercy and his love and his power and his patience and on and on and on than through the person and the work of Jesus. So when we are commending God, we are ultimately commending Jesus. Um, uh, Verse 3 of this psalm, it it says that God's greatness is unsearchable, right? Verse 3 says it's truly unsearchable, his greatness. However... In the person, this is such good news, in the person and the work of Jesus, we actually can truly know God. He becomes searchable in a way. We can actually get a true experiential knowledge of the grace and the mercy and the love of God. We, we get that in Jesus. Um, John 1 says this. John 1 says, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ, who was at the Father's side. He has made him known. Jesus makes God known. Um, Verse 12 of our psalm says to make God known. And Jesus does that. He does that in the most clear, in the most perfect way. Hebrews 1.3. Hebrews 1.3 says that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. The exact imprint of his nature. The exact imprint. So the goodness the kindness, the generosity, the grace, the mercy, the patience, the love of God, these, these, these things, they are in no way more fully expressed than in the person and the work of Jesus, than in and through Jesus. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says that God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. So again, just the greatest expression of God's grace, mercy, love, which is what we're talking about when we're praising God, as we're commending him, it's it's most fully seen in, um, in Jesus. Jesus going to the cross, Jesus bearing the wrath of of sin that we deserve because of our sin so that we can be forgiven if we're trusting in him so that we can have favor with God so that we can have the promise of forever with God and um, with his people where, where, where we will have the guarantee of a for, forever Minnesota summer we might think of new creation uh, I don't know how that lands on you but man that sounds better than a Minnesota February in my mind but this promise of forever with God excuse me with God and his people um, comes through, through Jesus. So he is the, 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 um, the greatness of God is unsearchable, but in a way, Jesus makes it searchable. He makes him known. So in Jesus and his ministry, we know the greatest 
of God's greatness. We know the mightiest of God's mighty acts. We know the most splendid of God's splendor. The the most wonderful of his wondrous works. In Jesus, we know the most glorious and the most splendid of the glory and the splendor of God. It's all in Jesus. And man, if we, tr- and if we trust in Jesus, if, we're be- if we actually believe that, um, then in fact we are ultimately one of those um, that, that this great God that we're talking about, we're one of those that he preserves. We are one of those that he loves. Verse 20 says that the Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. And that, that's an ultimate eternal truth. Um, if we love Jesus, then we're saved, we're preserved forever into a perfect eternal life. If we do not love Jesus, well, that's really the heart of wickedness, is to not love Jesus. And then we would be ultimately destroyed in hell. And as we talk about that, as we talk about these things of God, his love, his grace, his mercy, his power, and more, we speak about that, we commend it, we declare it, and so on. As we open up our mouths, we say these things with enthusiasm, we say these things with vigor, we say these things with humility, we say these things with deep passion from our guts. That's, that's to greatly praise God. And that's what Psalm 145 is charging us to do. Um, and this is how we do it. Again, as I've been trying to say, not just singing in a Sunday morning service, though let's keep doing that. That is one way that we do it. But just know that it's not that compartmentalized. And we speak, it's, it has to do with conversation every day of our lives. And, and as we speak to God directly, as we speak to one another and our kids inwardly, as we speak to non-Christians outwardly, uh, this is praise to God. And, and Minnesota Summers, again, just be reminded, they give us a good opportunity to get into um, more conversations where we have more opportunities to just commend God and you'll be praising him. So take advantage of it and, and feel the charge of verse 21 again. So as we're, as we're right on the front edge of summer, we're moving into it, just feel the charge of verse 21 again. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord. Let's have mouths that speak the praise of the Lord. Speak your praise. Amen. Uh, Lord, uh, please uh, draw close to us now. Lord, I'm thankful that um, we've had the opportunity to be gathered like this and, uh, and um, open up your word. And I pray that you would help us to um, internalize it, help us to own, to embrace, to love what's good and right and true. Um, Lord, fill us with your grace, your mercy, your love. Uh, give us help by your Holy Spirit to hear from you, the, uh, our shepherd. In the words of the scripture that's been read here this morning, in my words as I've talked about your, your word, help us to hear more than anything your voice. Uh, help us to veer, hear the voice of our shepherd this morning and be uh, moved to action according to what would please you. In Jesus' name, amen.